0: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host (laughs) this is paul Hawksby.
1: and andy Jacobs, and welcome once again to the h&j daily some of the best bits of this afternoon's show well of course as always we we poured over the weekend's football uh you're gonna hear from john motson today he had uh he had a bit of a moment, didn't he, while he, he was in the yeah. Wimbledon game. You'll be hearing about that. And we were joined by a very interesting guy who is basically looking to do a marathon uh, all, everywhere in the world, basically. Yeah, 196. 196 marathons he is yeah. taking on for prostate cancer. Um, and uh, he's got some great stories, is not
2: he? He has. He was on good form as well. So you'll hear
1: from Butter. Nick Butter. That's, and um, Don't Ask Me as well, which was thrilling. <laughs> thrilling. Here it all is. Yes, good
2: afternoon. No upsets, no great games. To me, that was a bit like an international weekend. I, I thought it was a disaster, really, that stretched out fifth round from Friday to you know there's just not enough games to make Mm. it work there are only two games at three o'clock on Saturday I just and all of them really apart from the first 50 minutes which was a lot of fun and well done Newport they put in a brilliant first half performance apart from that I found none of it that engaging or interesting.
1: The last 15-20 minutes of the Bristol City Wolves game when Mm. they looked like they could equalize and was quite exciting Yeah, Um, but beyond that not stunning, not, really? not not great, but uh, well, I mean, the Palace game, the goal at half time just for I've killed it, killed it. it was, a, it was, oh, yeah. it was all over there. You <laughs> might as well not bother <laughs> the, the best second thing half. In that, the They should have th- gone early to country file,
2: I think, at that point. <laughs> the best thing in that game was uh, when uh, BBC sideline reporter Aileen Barber, yeah. asked um, that was a real lost in translation moment, Max Mayer, uh, could you have had a penalty? And he said, We practice for them in training, but it's better to win in 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, that, no, it's not what we meant. Yeah, but, you know, that's yeah. going to happen, isn't it? Second oh, course, language and yeah. all that. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the other thing I enjoyed uh, very much over the weekend, well, I enjoyed Ashley Cole's goal. It was great to see him out there and, mm. and score and everything. So one bloke went on Twitter and said, I'd take Ashley Cole over Al- Alonso at the moment. I said, I'd take Cheryl Cole over Alonso. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's not ideal. Flynn ball though, it did a lot better against City than Sari ball. Mm. But it's, Funnily enough, you can't press a 50-yard punt downfield by the keeper. It's amazing, isn't it? Honestly. No, keep playing out from the back
1: because that's not what they like or anything. And you had the players to mix it up the other day. You could have gone long when it was all going wrong. You
2: know, defend deep, play on the counter, play in their half and... and have some presence up front, yeah, and do it with better players than with respect Newport have got. So you know, I think it'd be a better idea. But uh, I did like Pep's sweater though. I thought it was very. That was one of my really. enjoyable oh, yeah, as nice as nice the stripy one. That is your quality knitwear. That was.
1: What do you think that's cost?
2: I think it's in the six hundred to fifteen hundred pound range for a jumper. A slightly clingy wool mix with a nice thin rib and a pie crust neck. <laughs> that's what it. That's adds. great. You should be our fashion correspondent. <laughs> well, yeah, of course I could be. Any other outfits take your eye this weekend? <laughs> no, not really. Mooses, <laughs> no, not, not at all. Moose wears a lot of branded um, lot of wear brand. with his name on, doesn't he? He really? does, really, yeah. and uh, Supplied by our old mate, Ozzy. It was good to see. Oh, I tell you, did look good. Clinton Morrison looked good. He was very I, smart. I thought we did well, didn't you? He's very good. First He's very top, entertaining. Uh, he is. And it's really good news for the fake Clinton
1: Morrison, do you remember the well? He's he's a bloke who came out. I think we could ever find that clip, but we got it. We had Clinton on the show Yes, I'm look, producer looks horrified. He's gonna to have to do some work now, but uh, <laughs> he hasn't got over Saturday oh, I afternoon. Just, yet. I just saw his face sink. I've got to find a clip that's like worst afternoon of his life. 12 apparently. years old, yeah. He watched uh, talky beating at Welling. <laughs> Goalkeeper should have been sent off. Took him two hours to get there. Two hours to get back. Woking and now back in the box seat. He's a broken man today. So I think the least I can do is send him in on a wild goose chase for a clip he'll never find. But if you can, it's Clinton Morrison being joined by a Britain's foremost Clinton Morrison impersonator. <laughs> yeah. It's very good if you can find it. So look, we'll leave it. We'll leave it when I don't know. Twelve years ago, fifteen years ago. I can't be more specific than that. Uh, so you got a three-year window to work to, and I could be wrong about that actually. Uh, so anyway, yeah, get in touch this afternoon. There was a story I liked though over the hmm. weekend. Adama Traore was talking about um, his dream move to Barcelona, but it didn't happen nearly. Um, Because I think his mum was looking after him then, was his agent, as far as I know. Mm. And uh, Barca got in touch, apparently. um, And uh, they they tried to get in touch, but his mum had not taken her mobile on holiday. So they couldn't get in touch. They got a load of mixed calls and messages from uh, Barcelona. But uh, Adama's mum thought it was a joke and just ignored them. Oh, right. Uh, Barcelona finally did get through to speak to her and she slammed the phone down. Oh, dear. And she kept doing it she basically every time I said look will you please stop this obviously not a great great deal of confidence in her son's ability will you stop wasn't wasting it, my it, who is this which it, it, one of Vadama's friends kids is at AFC this filed was it? I don't think it was I don't think it was but uh, anyway okay. in the end she realized it was serious mm, and of course he go. went there so uh, have you ever had one of those folks somebody you thought you mm. know you slam the phone. oh yeah of course it is you get the phone call from someone all the <laughs> moment yeah yeah i bet so if you've had one of those where you put the phone down because you thought it was a wind-up, and ultimately, of course, it wasn't, um, let us know to, uh, if Barcelona maybe tried to sign you. That's unlikely. My final fashion note of the FA Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had another one just seen
2: here yet. Yeah. Uh, Wally Downs was styled yeah. by Ray Winston. He there did, was that look. He did have that he had look. his old brick-top bins on, know, didn't I, he? I sort of tried to draw him, but I couldn't quite capture the likeness. No, I don't know who that is you've done there. <laughs> Looks like Mike Graham, doesn't it? It does, yeah. No, it, yeah. <laughs> But I, I, that's how engaged I was with the FA Cup weekend. I ended up during match of the Day sketching Wally
1: Downs. <laughs> My new show, Sketching Wally Downs. Different places you do. On the end that'd up, be great, that wouldn't it? That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I did like the old brick top bins he had on. They yeah. were a very good. Tremendous, they? Anyway, you know, the producer just said to me, You'll never guess what. I've found it. Let me give you a bit of context. Oh, man. Uh, Oh, Let's not play now. We need to check it, apparently. Then what, it, what, <laughs> what do you think will be? be in it? <laughs> when did you become so professional? What happened there? One defeat at Welling, and suddenly he's got a conscience. So, anyway, we'll uh, we'll okay, we'll bring that to you once it's been checked and double checked by our extensive production team. And uh, yeah, it's worth hanging on for. It's quite good. The reaction of uh, Britain's foremost Clinton Morrison impersonator when he's when he, when he realises Clinton's there, <laughs> is, is a joy. It's good. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from talk Sport. Well, Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sport. Now, we're, we're quite a lot of the listeners, whenever we talk marathons, say, so, yeah, I've done a few. I've, I've been to Berlin. I've been to New York. I've taken on a few different marathons over the years. Uh, but our next guest uh, has done, well, he can tell us, uh, Nick Butter. Hi, Nick. Hello. How how, how many marathon distances would you say you've run?
3: In my life, I've ran just under 500 now. Yeah. A fair few, fair few. Wow, Official wow, marathons. Wow. Just over two hundred, I think, can for we, a,
1: for a good reason, for a good cause,
3: for a very good cause, yeah. So this this big trip at the moment, I'm I'm trying to raise two hundred and fifty thousand pounds for for prostate cancer UK. Uh, a very good friend of mine called Kevin uh, has prostate cancer, and so we're trying to raise this money uh, and raise this awareness to to, to have this uh, national screening program throughout the UK where all men can go and get themselves checked. And uh, it's for a very good cause, but it doesn't mean that it's not tiring.
2: No, of course. <laughs> no, I mean we always hear that uh, you know people. Top marathon runs don't do more than two or three in a year. I know they do a lot of training, but are you worried that this could be, you know, detrimental? I mean, it's, it's you know, phenomenal amount of running and distances and, and effect you know, on your knees mm. and that type of thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I- uh, you read so many different articles saying oh yeah it's good for you it's bad for
3: you and people experts keep changing their mind but to be honest i feel fine um i'm absolutely exhausted because of the, the amount of energy the amount of calories <laughs> that you go through but other than that you know my bones are holding up okay i've had a few kind of stress fractures and some like achilles tendon issues that sort of stuff but on the whole three four marathons a week um is is the norm now i've been going on this trip for what 13 14 months so yeah. um, i'm used to it but how many
2: way. have you run so far then so
3: on this trip uh, i've run one 116 countries so a marathon in 116 countries Wow!
1: and not all those Social. the official marathons you kind of you have these sort of you just, you just rock up and say anybody fancy it, coming with me I'm, I'm in El Salvador <laughs> yeah. exactly like that yeah so yeah we were just talking then it's uh, it's pretty amazing because you know this trip is
3: 23 months long um, I have a team of 19 people back home a lot of them are volunteers and they do a great job of organising it so we'll go out to the, the Facebook groups the running communities the embassies the uh, minister of sport sometimes in the country and say look I'm coming along we're trying to raise this money for prostate cancer we're trying to set this world record for running a marathon in every country in the world if you've got anybody that's interested and sometimes you get mute you get absolutely no response and sometimes like we said El Salvador I ran with uh, a thousand kids Um oh. I had my, my handmade medals given to me everybody that took part just because the Minister of Sport got involved I had uh, four different schools that we visited along the way all <laughs> waving their, their mm. Union Jack flags and it was so special I've had I've had Probably upwards of two or three hundred people in maybe about 60 marathons I've done over the last 12 months. Um, And it's just astonishing the amount of people that come out on a rainy, you know, Monday morning uh, before they go and go to work just to do a few kilometres here and there. Yeah, And And you've done some alone
1: as well, of course, you've pointed out, when they've not not come back to you, you've been on your own. Yeah, I've been
3: on my own. And to be honest, I... Sometimes it's good on your own. If you have a thousand people with you every time when you're doing three or four a week, you can't cope with that. It's Mm. too much. And every now and then you need a break. But, you know, there has been times, Guinea, Liberia, Pakistan, where it's been bad weather, bad conditions, not particularly safe, like in Haiti. Mm. Um, And you think, you know what, I really would quite like a couple of people here. Um, (laughs) And so mentally it's, it's tough. But I've done enough to... You, you tick him off if it's not enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, what about funding this? How, how, how do you go about that? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I mean, we've got lots of great sponsors. Lloyds uh, Bank has sponsored, which I'm incredibly thankful for, um, uh, along with 42 other sponsors. Um, small amounts, kit, you, you name it, kind of mm. all just clumping together to make this happen. Um, and then I've literally bankrupted myself, It's the honest answer. I've just spent every bit of money that I have um, and still am doing so, um, trying to get to the end of this trip. Um, and... I think it's worth it because when I met Kev and again there's a bigger story here but when I met Kev um, and I discovered that he had terminal prostate cancer he gave this fantastic and eloquent message to me which is don't, don't wait for a diagnosis and in his world it was don't wait for, a, for, for prostate cancer don't wait for something terrible to happen to you mm. go and do what you love and I love to take photos I love to
1: travel I love to run and so all of that put together what better way than mm. to spend my money um, yeah. yeah I mean you mentioned there in some areas it's got a bit hairy I mean has there really been any frightening moments Moments when you realise you know you you're maybe running alone in a country and you've mm. taken the wrong turn? Many
3: times. So there's been... My biggest concern at the beginning of the trip was things like getting kidnapped, getting beaten up, getting shot. Big things, you know? Mm. And in reality, what happens is dogs chase you. Yeah. I've had so many dogs chase me and in uh, Tunisia, North Africa, um, I was attacked by five very unhappy dogs and was bitten. Oh, um, and it, it's not very pleasant. It, actually yeah. the bites fine, but the the, the the you know the the situation of having five dogs come and attack you is just not really very pleasant. Um, other than that I had a, a situation in Nigeria in Lagos market. If you've ever been to Lagos market, it's the biggest one of the biggest open air markets in the world and it is hostile to say the least. Everybody is trying to make their money um and it was uh after very shortly after the marathon um, and i had this group of people come up to me and push me to the floor and um many of them had weapons um and what was even more scary is that the police was present were present they were they were there but it was happening um and could do nothing about it um luckily i had some other people with me that were literally crowded re, crowded around me to shield me wow. from there, from the run. so the I was scared in that situation, Hmm. but there was literally nothing I could do. (laughs) So it was just, this is going to happen now, and we'll see. Um, So other than that, uh, another big threat that isn't something big like kidnap is cars. You know, if I'm running on my own and you try and find 26 miles in somewhere like, okay, Vatican City is maybe another example, but Hmm. um, places like uh, Monaco or... um, some of the smaller places like in, 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 in Italy um, where the roads are tiny and they don't have any decent paths hmm. and so you have to go and find a way to, to run and most of the time you're running on roads Pakistan is a prime example I ran down the middle of a, a six lane or carriageway because it was the only place that wasn't and I'm not joking down the oh. middle oncoming traffic um, because it was the only place that wasn't flooded it was the only place I could find to run
1: wow yeah. and where else which other countries are coming up then before, before you complete this in November <sighs> yeah so more.
3: 116 down so i worked my way through north america central america the caribbean uh, south america i've done 55 percent of africa i've done about 89 percent of europe and now i have if you look at a map i've got the right hand side i've got the east i've got uh, asia uh, the south pacific islands um and uh, the kind of the Oceania region and 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 half of africa i cannot stress how Kind of dodgy that's going to be. I've got Central African Re- Republic. I've got the Congo, Somalia, Gibraltar, wow. uh, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan. Uh, you know, there's, there's a few dodgy ones. Why coming. you up. just run around Scotland?
2: People will <laughs> still give you money. Yeah, yeah, it'll be just as wet. But. Well, brilliant. Well, look,
1: keep safe and, and we wish you well. Um, yeah. And thanks for popping in to see us today. Nick, we'll give the details at justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash running the world. You can go and support uh, Nick raising money for prostate cancer. Uh, UK and yeah look keep in touch yeah, amazing. yeah Very impressive. I'd ask if, if anybody wants to get involved because we are trying to get this big group
3: of people out with me if anyone wants to come and run uh, on Instagram my name is Nick Butter Run um, and from there there's a link in my bio where people can go and donate at, on the Just Giving page it's, if you just search Just Giving Nick Butter people will see the page they can go and, go and donate and they can also just put me a message and say they want to come and run and hopefully if we get that £250,000 together we can then start to put some money in the pot for this national screening campaign that, that Prostate Cancer uk wants to do so Fantastic.
1: hopefully everybody will get involved thanks guys cheers nick good to see you thanks for Thank coming you. in nick butter there it's paul hawksby and annie jacobs here on Talksport. sport motty with us shortly the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast
4: i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me
1: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. As we said, still one game to go, which we'll bring you live and exclusive on Talksport tonight between Chelsea and Manchester United. It's 7.30 kickoff, Andy. When was the last time there was a 7.30 kickoff? Oh, the I can't bridge? remember. No. Back like, like the old days when I was a kid watching yeah, the, football. I'm, yeah, a long, long time ago. Uh, a veteran of 7.30 kickoffs, of course, uh, with us in the studio, John <laughs> Mott. And hi, Mott. You remember those, don't you? Many of them. I really, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah.
4: Game of Walsh used to end at 10 past nine. I remember it that. It did. It's yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, that's yeah. right. They only used to get 10 minutes for half time, really, that's players. It? Not
1: 15, did they? Correct. Yeah 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 that's well, right well
2: you're saying it's just the bbc don't want it running into the
4: news and especially well, the if moment. it was extra time of yeah. course yeah. and penalties which i think yeah. is I, possible. Is, a, is a possibility is a possibility yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so
1: john you're on commentary duty at yeah. the, the, uh, the cherry red record stadium for uh, wimbledon versus millwall and um, We were talking earlier on to a a Don's fan, Andy Brussell.
4: Yeah. And you never really
1: thought they were going to get back into it. There was that feeling, really. Even that was
4: an early goal by Millwall. Yeah, I must admit, commentating there was a bit of an ordeal because um, (laughs) I was actually cramped into a position where I couldn't get out. And very kindly at half-time at at, uh, King's Meadow, a lady comes around with a box of biscuits for the press and the commentators. Nice, okay. And I made a mistake of putting my hand out and grabbing one because there's a rule that she goes down one one row and then comes back down another oh so i got my knuckles wrapped for that quite rightly <laughs> can you uh, remember what the biscuit the, was the, John? The, the guy that corrected me actually called alan i think his name is from yeah. radio london a very nice man mm. um he having done that i then spilt tea all over the desk <laughs> in, including my own notes oh no and, oh, but, dear. but alan obviously works there most weeks uh, perfectly prepared took out a completely fresh um what do you call those tissues that you put in a little paper paper, you now a small thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And paper he, towels, yeah. Yes, and he undid he un- un- <laughs> un- them and very precisely took out three or four of them and mopped everything up for me oh, that's so I, I was Are able were you to... mid-commentary at this well, point well actually it was at half time oh, really okay. so so I was able to then dry myself out and <laughs> do the second half so yeah. thank you for that and
1: generally. John I, I'm, we, we're suckers for detail can you remember what the biscuit was
4: well I took two chocolate ones which probably broke the rules as well yeah that's right. Sure. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, come yeah.
1: on you can't hog those
4: well I don't, think I'll be <laughs> yes. going, I don't think I'll be sitting in the press box at Kings Meadow just again for some time so right. maybe I just got away with it you have know? you ever had moments mid-commentary. Is there anything about
1: mid-commentary that's completely thrown Well, me? Mark
4: Lawrenson, in a big European Championship match, once did spill... A, a cup of something all over my note yeah that caused a bit of a stir at the time but, <laughs> it would do really I mean it's all the pitfalls of you know being in a position where you can't remove really move very far either. yeah and so it's quite
1: a low true. position oh, there isn't tell it tell me about I was nearly people, on the
4: touchline people
1: standing
2: up yeah it stuff.
4: was the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast Andy. now we've
2: been um, talking about Cheltenham there three weeks today we'll be on our way after the show on our way down yeah to the uh, festival of course we love it there and bring you four days worth of shows and uh Though I might, I might not go actually. Because, oh really? Yeah, because at the same time in Belgium is the world's best sommelier championships. Really? Yes, uh, I think that sounds quite quite sporty. Yeah, that'd be a good gig, wouldn't it? There's a British uh, contestant, and uh, should we get him on? We should really. Gerard Bassett, who's representing the UK. Yeah, Brilliant. so there you go. You so I suppose it He's a bit be... of a football fan. He travelled to Liverpool in 1977 to watch a football match at Anfield and never returned. Oh, no, that's sorry, that's the late uh, Gerard Basset. He, he has represented Britain. I do beg, you, oh, beg okay. your pardon. Sorry, I don't know why I did that. two different right. complete two different story situation. Different stories. OK, but uh,
1: Britain does have a competitor at the Sommelier yeah. of the
2: year. I, but I can't see what his name is. We'll find out. Oh, well, we no, had a
1: sending off for hair pulling at the weekend. Yes. What about that? You see uh, that? Uh, no. Yeah. In the lower reaches. Sending off for a bit of hair pulling. It wasn't pulling. Scott Wagstaff, was it? No, it, it, it wasn't. That's no, right. Um, anything else? Yes. Um,
2: Duo Lipper or Leeper. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is now in Madame Tussauds. Have you seen that? Right. Because you used to have to do something, you know, a bit more than she's done, really, but... One kiss was all it took. Oh, aye, aye. Come on. Yeah, he might not know how to pronounce her name <laughs> in the first off, but he's he's been checking out the back catalogue. Can I uh, alert you to a fantastic article by Barney Rone in the Guardian on Saturday? It's Barnsley Wickham. I'd forgotten what game it was. The hair pulling situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you're not interested, but I thought I'd tell you anyway. It's about a thing called <laughs> sport washing. Oh yeah, which is the the use of um, sport to improve your image, improve be it a country or a, or an yeah. individual or a company or whatever, yeah. and uh, a bit like Roman Abramovich, something well, like Roman Abramovich, like <laughs> all of them. Yes. Yeah. it's incredible. It's he says there's a lot of whataboutery, mm. but he said. Who you know? Nobody cast the first stone because really, you know, every club has got a bit of a skeleton in its yeah. closet, yeah. And they went through and they listed all the last Champions League real last sixteen uh, contests. So, for example, um, what have we got here: uh, Liverpool against uh, Bayern is hedge fund versus friends of Qatar.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Spurs were. I seem to take the romance Bahamas out of this. Bahamas haven
2: versus that. European rectitude. Yeah, in Dortmund, uh, Meskayun Club versus Chinese fund. Yeah, right. all that sort of thing, you know. So I wish bah- it was a very nuanced t- piece because it's not as simple as just saying, "Well, that's, this is morally wrong," which, of course, okay. obviously, it's not ideal.
1: Well, I'll have a, I'll have a read, Andy, I and mean, hopefully I mean. some of the tax that he saves while living in the Bahamas, he can spend <laughs> on the team, or indeed the wiring at the new ground.
2: <laughs> and I saw a photo in the Daily Star today that is basically what I'd look like if I supported Zenit and had both arms covered covered in tattoos. Yeah. It's amazing, though, isn't it? Isn't
1: He's a it? bit bigger than you, Andy. Well, I think it's, bit, it's you, if you supported Zenit, were covered in <laughs> tattoos and spent a lot of time in the gym. <laughs> but I can see what you mean. He has got a look at you. That's very true. Now, Harry Kane may be the world's best number
2: nine. I think he certainly is. He's a wonderful oh, eight, player. Oh, seven one seven double two double <laughs> well,
1: three double four. yeah.
2: But it is odd. They did a survey of the footballers' women, female fans most fantasise about Mm. and uh, David Beckham of course not surprisingly came first still one for the oldest, Cristiano (laughs) second oh yeah but Harry Kane third third on the list so there you go goal scoring is the aphrodisiac clearly that's very much Uh, punter Ralph Hoare Britain's third oldest man has died at 110 in Gloucester after asking what was Plymouth Argyle's score what a great way to go I don't know what the score was whether they won or lost but, I mean, uh, he'd
1: obviously had a bet on it, so we don't know. I mean, whatever yeah. the outcome of that was, we'll never know who, he'd, you know, which side he'd had a punt on. We'll and, really. uh,
2: Victoria Beckham's latest uh, look that she's wearing today in the sun, hmm. uh, she wore in the catwalk. It's very Harry Hill, isn't it? Yeah. Look at those, those big
1: Harry Hill collars. Argab drew, apparently. It was a draw. So oh, I if he'd had the score draw, he would have. Yeah, you gone don't out.
2: know whether he
1: went this week. Though, do you? So. Uh, I was 0 0. It was, yeah. So, um, Dharma Triori, apart from his mum not picking up the phone to Barcelona because she thought it was a wind up, uh, he's been talking about uh, Barcelona and what life is, how high tech it mm. gets, or it was when he was there. And he says, I understand there are machines now at Barcelona that show you if drinking coffee before the game is better for you than after the game. That's a very specific machine, isn't it? <laughs> Who designed that?
2: Well, I suppose he, what he's saying there is some players, because Arsene Wenger used to have this thing. Yeah. He started this thing at Arsene Wenger. They'd all have an espresso before training. Yeah. And, uh... But it obviously benefits some players, but not all of them. So I suppose, yeah, it's very... I mean, if you were going into Dragon's
1: Den saying, uh, hello, my name's Reg, and uh, hmm. I'm looking for 50 grand for 2% of my business for a machine (laughs) that tells you whether you should drink coffee before or (laughs) after a game of football. It's very true. That's why I'm out. (laughs)
2: And... um, A lovely bit of tabloid ease here in uh, the Sunday Mirror yesterday, Hmm. the tabloid thesaurus, where they can't say the same word twice in a piece. So this is a a story about a mysterious sewer blockage, which turned out to be a gooey pile of Yorkshire puddings. Blimey. The Sunday roast side
1: dish... Ah, that's nicely done, yeah. yeah, ...made of flour, milk and eggs. Can't say the same thing twice.
2: ...was removed by experts, called to a flood. Uh... Don't treat sewer as bins, said Anglian Water. Avoid block pipes and compost your
1: food I'll rest. go and get me rods, Andy. I've got them in the car. <laughs> I can sort that for you. Who, who
2: stuffed a whole load of Yorkshire puddings in the... I don't even, even thinking about it, does it, really? there,
1: there was another classic uh, newspaper box out, a little sidebar mm. of top ten freakish injuries, and we had Dave Besson's salad cream and Rio Usually, hurting himself, yeah. watching yeah. telly. But the, the spring ball for it was uh, Sean Hutchinson, uh, the Millwall player. Their skipper, uh, who got a completely freakish injury at Christmas, you're never going to believe what he did. Um, He was just taking a bin bag uh, outside, and um, there was a a part of a smashed plate was inside the bag, and it kind of caught his leg as he was carrying it, and it sliced his leg open. That's nasty. Fifteen stitches it needed. Good lord! And put him out for a while. But that is freakish, and just carrying a bag—just who a who'd have run. thought
2: it? Really, what are the chances? So Not there we are. Ideal. Chris Gale has been uh, talking ahead uh, of the one-day game. he speaking about the 100, and saying he fancies playing. He fancies Not playing. Not a massive surprise, is he he's, he's, he's fantastic. If I don't start in the 100, it won't be a tournament. <laughs> Okay. be better uh, if he does, though. Well, of course it will. And uh, it would give the, uh, as it says here, much maligned event uh, star quality. And he is wonderful to watch, and it's great that he's in the one-day series. But he did a classic Lennox Lewis talk about himself in the third person. He said, this is a big year. I hope to finish in 2019 on a great note. Any bowler is going to be aware of Chris Gale. That doesn't
1: change because he's 39 now. You're talking about yourself, what are you talking about. <laughs> it's all mad, that isn't it? When people talk yeah, about third it. person. Anyway, Caroline last week clearly had not seen our picture on the website, and very kindly sent us a uh, Valentine's card. It's very kind of her. Very nice. In it, yeah. she put ten pounds to give to the animal charity of our choice, hmm. which we subsequently did. It went to the Dogs Trust. In fact, Caroline, well that does the job for you. And also, she gave us a lottery ticket. So which, it's a moral dilemma. That yeah, if we won, we'd have to give the whole lot to the Dogs Trust. Put us in a quandary it would have been great news for them but she did buy us a lottery ticket for this uh, Saturday last Saturday should I say and I'm afraid we didn't win Caroline but uh, it was a very kind thought so bad news for the dogs bad news for us but thank you once again but you know it it put us on the horns of a dilemma Mm. the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport don't ask me Barry Fry off there weren't we (laughs)
0: Yes. hello mate I think
1: you win you definitely (laughs) won that one yeah I think I win yeah yeah Uh, anyway uh, don't ask me five questions based on uh, last week's shows can Andy get them all right I think I might set them a bit easy we'll find out Mm, I doubt it Tommy Walsh joined us West Ham fan of course uh, telling us why two out of three Brits end up overspending on what Andy on DIY. DIY, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember it that. Frozen peas, but it? it's Tommy Walsh. Exactly. Um, yeah. Mick Lambert joined us. Uh, he found yeah. his FA Cup winner's medal under the bed. Uh, yeah. Which team did he win it with? Oh, Ipswich. Okay, well, don't be cocky. I told you I'd set them too easy. Uh, we spoke to John Mullock from Mullock's Auctions. Why? Yeah. <sighs> now, that's a good one. John was auctioning off. That's a very good question. You know uh, the answer because you're being a bit cocky again. You're just trying to build the tension. No, I'm not trying to build the tension. I'm trying to remember.
2: <laughs> okay, go on then. Uh, John. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> you know what? What was it? Oh, I know. I've got it. What a memory. Go on then. That, it's the uh, feather-filled uh, 200-year-old leather golf ball. That's right, yeah. Um, we were joined by a guest last week to tell us about their book, the. Even great... I was surprised by that one. You the Great British the yeah, great... well, I, <laughs> the... I, taught...
1: I was actually thinking of it, and then it suddenly came to me. That's what. That's the art of the memory. The Great British Adventure. Somebody joined us on Tuesday to talk about his book, The Great British Adventure. Remember, who it was no, <laughs> no right? of course not. It was James Martin, Wasn't that Oh great? yeah. <laughs> and, oh that. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. And Naomi, Naomi Ogbita is not just a fine triple jumper, she's also what? A stand-up comedian. So it was James Martin what did for oh, you. So you didn't think like about it, it, did you? You just immediately no. said, don't know. I don't know. No, so you thought was, about well, it. That's very true. That old. I mean, it's old school, but if you ever yeah. think, you might, you might actually uh, <laughs> get to the answer. We've got a couple of weeks oh, you now. So you can put me in heads gone. <laughs> <laughs> you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. And uh, so close, Andy.
2: Uh, yeah, I would have got it. I think Adrian was pressuring me,
1: you know. To sort of, uh, it's he, his fault, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. I spent Definitely too long on, on the golf ball You'd, answer. But you were spent after the golf <laughs> ball answer, and you had nowhere to go after that, <laughs> This didn't is you? very true. You were a broken man. Okay, uh, we'll leave it there. We're back tomorrow. We'll have the book club, um, and we'll be chatting about a fantastic book. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson's autobiography, uh, co-written with the, great, the late, great Hugh McIlvanney. That's uh, coming up tomorrow. Have a fine evening. Clinton, uh, what did you think of last night's game against the Villa?
0: Well, it was all right, basically. You know, it wasn't bad. Um, I had a good game. But um, to tell you the truth, you know, um, I think Robbie Savage, he could do a bit better. Did you see the way he miscued it? And it just went into my path. I wasn't too sure, yeah. yeah. But, but my, my finish was quite neat, don't you think?
1: It was, it was. Now, that, we're, as far as we're concerned, to our ears, we'd say that's a pretty good impression. Right, We've spoken to Clinton good, before. Actually, yeah. But to cool. be honest... Cheers, Ian, hang on, yeah. st- hang on, stay on the line because there's only one man who can really judge just how good and impression. That's there. right, yeah. And that's Clinton Morrison. Hi, Clinton. That's poor, that's not... <laughs> <laughs>
3: nothing like me. He I couldn't. No,
0: no, believe me, you are the done. Hey, I'm just doing this as an impression, right, <laughs> yeah. I know you're doing <laughs> it as an impression, but that don't sound nothing like me,
1: brother. Ian's oh, got no, carried no, away. No,
0: Dude, that, yeah. I watched you since Bournemouth when you play the palace at Bournemouth, yeah, you are yeah. the don. I'm I'm not dissing you man, this is respect honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Alright then I'll let you off then you're not dissing me. you are the king of South London man. Calm, yeah, calm man, down, man. down Ian Planning for your next trip?